Hey everyone, it's Dario from AfterBuzz TV. Buying a car can be a stressful experience, but TrueCar is changing car buying forever. Yes, TrueCar helps car buyers get rid of the fear that they might overpay. You know, last month over 45,000 cars were sold by the TrueCar Certified Dealer Network and TrueCar.com users save an average of $3,046 off of MSRP. When you're ready to buy a car, just follow these three easy steps. First, go to TrueCar.com and find out what other people pay for the car you're looking for. Then register at TrueCar.com to see upfront pricing information and lock in your savings. And third step is simple. Just print out your TrueCar savings certificate and take it to the TrueCar certified dealer for a better, hassle-free car buying experience. I know I had one. Some features are not available in all states. Every day, TrueCar.com users receive negotiation-free guaranteed savings. You know, they save time, they save money, and you never overpay. Visit TrueCar.com today. That's TrueCar.com. You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menunos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Fargo After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Fargo After Show. Hello, Fargo Fan Club. Welcome to Episode 8, The Heap. The entire panel is back tonight. Stream team. I'm your host, Oriana Leo, and rounding out my roundtable to my left is the fabulous... David Schifolitti. Hi, guys. I'm Jillian Left. Hi, guys. I'm Sarah Huggins. Sorry for not introducing you. Yeah. I'm the only one that's important. Let's (laughs) just jump right in. This was definitely a different episode. It started out really like heavy with exposition, really expository. We weren't really sure what a lot of this stuff meant, but knowing that it's going to be explained at some point. I really enjoyed the way that this episode was unfolded, mm-hmm. much more so than any of the other ones, personally. What That's about just it? my taste. I, I mean, we'll get to it eventually, yeah. but I really enjoyed the fact that it jumped forward in time a full year, mm-hmm. and we got to see... Our characters change and things happen. Well, I think they needed to do that, especially because the past two episodes specifically have been so Mm -hmm. (laughs) action-packed. You know, people died, people lived. Sorry, guys. I thought Molly was dead, but she (laughs) apparently is alive and kicking. Um, And I think that it was important for them to sort of slow things down before they speed things up in Mm -hmm. the last two episodes. Absolutely. Well, they were just harping on the same stuff over and over again, like the last two episodes. I know a lot happened in the one where everybody get shot but <laughs> I mean but I feel like that case was getting stale like it was like okay what else is going to happen right like, something new moving so, right yeah. along and this episode certainly did that and we open with Lester getting an upgrade for his washing machine which was I think symbolic in so many ways mm-hmm. but it was so interesting because 
you know, he's vindicated in a way when the repair guy or the delivery guy is saying, like, oh, yeah, this one you had was a piece of crap. I bet it was shaking and moving. And he's like, you have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> and to think, you know, Pearl's putting all of this on him. Did you guys see anything else in that scene? Did anything else, like, jump out at you? I mean, I thought it was kind of... Crap. I thought there was, like, a weird erotic aspect of yeah, it. Yeah, he was, like, turned on like, by it, it. Yeah, it was, like, really, like, glamorizing. It was almost, like, romantic the way that they shot the really washing machine. Like, you didn't? That was, like, a sexy, like, thing. I did. He I got, like, a sexy mesmer- vibe. He was mesmerized. Yeah. Yes, he That's was mesmerized sure. He sat in the basement and watched the wa- the wash go around and around and And he around. was, like, just, like, getting more and more, like, I'm awesome. Like, it just seemed like he was, like, yeah. Yeah, like, like he, he didn't want to bang it. Like, it wasn't that type of sexy. Right. It was just like, just like, just like, ooh, yeah, like, ooh. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was his first mm, real power upgrade. Well, I mean, he yeah. had Mrs. Hess, yes, but I mean, this was like, this was, I think, some vindication and an upgrade. Things are changing Things in his life. Things are changing in yeah. his life. And I have to admit, David, you said something, but what a great transitional shot of the washing machine going around and around to yeah. the coffee cup. Yeah. I would agree with that. That was, was very cool. Beautiful. Um, I actually did not write down who directed this episode, but um, very, they did a really good job. Very well mm-hmm. done. Yeah. The cinematography and the shots, the transitions were really good. So we transitioned into the coffee cup of Kitty Nygaard. And I love that she goes, you don't cheat on Miss Hubbard County. <laughs> <laughs> not that I know where Hubbard County is, but... Well, uh, and- this is sort of, you know, the first time that we're really seeing Lester sort of take hold of the lie completely. You know, he did it with Chief Oswald when when sort of Chief Oswald made up the story <laughs> yeah. last episode. Um, but, you know, this time around, he just went along with it <laughs> and looked sad and not an ounce of guilt. He sort of learned to control his tick that he had before, mm-hmm. and now he's falling into his new life. And I think that the washer was the first start of the upgrade. He upgraded a lot in this episode. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. He upgraded a lot of things. And he's very, he's getting a little drunk on his power. Like you can tell with every step he takes, he's getting more and more, you know, almost infatuated with himself. I right. think is maybe what you were seeing in that yeah. first scene. I definitely did. I thought he was going to end up hooking up with. His brother's wife. That's where yeah. I thought it was going. Because uh, that's the too. first time I noticed that a woman was paying extra att- extra attention. attention to him. Yes. And she offers up Chaz's uh, hunting gear because she's going to have to sell everything anyway. Right. So he might as well take what he wants. Mm-hmm. And it's hilarious that her value system is, you know, I can't, I don't ever want him to come back because of what he did. And it wasn't the murder. It was right. the cheating. It was the, the fact cheating. that he cheated. I was very shocked by that. She could have cared less the fact that her son's father killed somebody, in quotes. Right. But that he cheated on her. Right. Well, now, now we know where her values lie. Right. Yeah. And but, I feel like that scene, too, was... It, I mean, we saw in the next scene, it was just motivating Lester. He was like, yeah. The director of this episode was Scott Wynant. Scott Wynant. Okay, well, fabulous job, Scott Wynant. Now, before we move on any further, I want to talk about Maria Menounos' new book. This is the follow-up to The Every Girl's Guide to Life. It is The Every Girl's Guide to Diet and Fitness. And it comes Mm. out, Marissa... When does it come out? Came out. Came out. Today. It comes out today. Oh, Mira. I'm trying to get this on camera. There we go. So this is for everybody. This is for men and women. Anyone that's looking for tips and tricks to kind of get your diet and fitness 
dialed in. Mm. Um, I see. Yes, absolutely. Thank I've you. only skimmed through it, but yeah. I've read a lot of the excerpts, and she just she she's an amazing host. She's an amazing author, but she really goes to other people in the business that have a lot of experience and ask them what their secrets are. And I think that's what makes it such an amazing book. And she lost 40 pounds and she's been able to keep it off. off. Here's, I'll give you a a little tip right here. Every girl rule number seven, drink hot water for weight loss. And that's funny because Kevin told me the same thing. And you know what? Maria does drink hot water. (laughs) All the time, time, actually. So everybody, you can get this on Amazon, iTunes, Barnes and Nobles, anywhere where Books Where sold. books are sold. Yay, and it's going to be a bestseller just like her first yes, one. Yes, it is. Woo-hoo. So please go support. Mm-hmm. So moving on, mm-hmm. um, she says to, Kitty Nygaard says to, <laughs> um, says to Lester, like, all good things you deserve. And then she gives him a little kiss. And mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, yeah. this is the this is the beginning of where the <laughs> lie solidifies in his head, right? Where he's like, yes, yeah. I do, <laughs> I do deserve all I good things, all good right? Things. Well, I mean, right after that, we do we see him like clean the house, yeah, literally, yeah, clean everything. He out. got rid of the quotes. He got rid the of quotes. all the quotes, all the yeah. uplifting quotes in his life. He got mm-hmm. rid of those. All the tchotchkes, every little the sewing machine, the of s- pearl, the sewing machine. Which, by the way, you can sell that. On Craigslist or eBay for some money, people or like the pawn shop or, or you know, give it to Goodwill. You don't just Goodwill. put it on the trash can, Lester. Ariana, he's <laughs> salesman of the year. He doesn't need it. Yeah, okay. not that. Well, he wasn't <laughs> then, but yeah, that, that was alert, salesman no. of the year in making. Um, so, what was the song that was playing? Joyful, joyful. Oh yeah. Joyful, yeah. joyful, 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 joyful. That's the name of the song. Do you, don't you remember yeah. Sister Act Two? <laughs> yes. Joyful, joyful. joyful. <laughs> yes. That's so funny because that's they the second to time today that I started singing that song. Oh my gosh, that. that was an amazing musical moment. Yeah. Um, so okay. that was, I thought that was really cute. Yeah, you can buy their single on iTunes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought that was really cute. We though, think that, of it. that was Dara. The, that was the song that he's yes. cleaning everything out to. It was kind of a weird song it to choose, weird. but it worked because of like the arrangement of that song. Was yeah, kind of interesting. It was very celebratory. Yeah, yeah. it, it, it was good. totally worked for this for the perversion that's going yeah, on. Yeah, I get know? that. Um, and then we see Molly Salverson at the diner, and she's got some flowers Aww. from Duluth. Her lover. And I really liked that. Dad says. You know, when she's talking about what she's going to do, and he's like, do you really think that direct approach is the best way? First time anyone's mentioned it. Mm-hmm. First time anyone, at least, at least, first time someone outside of, I don't know, the police department has kind of been like, hey, I don't he's think you would do that. kind of not really outside the police department. Sort True. of. But I, I would have expected commentary from elsewhere sooner. Mm. Like, whoa, back up. Yeah. The only person that's saying that is Chief Oswald. Every, no one else has yeah. said anything. So finally, Dad is kind of like, because it's not working. It's not working. No, it's not. Well, well there I, was a little bit of a twinkle in her eye. You know, she put the note in her pocket after she read it, and yeah. she she's in front of her dad. So of course she's like, "No, Dad, like stop it." You know, the teenage moment. <laughs> and we she's, she's like, you know, thirty something years old. She had it. It just kept it was more mature, but it was kind of like embarrassed. Like, no, he's not. Like, stop. Absolutely. Mom, so <laughs> you made her sound like such a teenage girl. Yeah. So oh I love teeny bopper that we we are introduced to Chief Oswald in this episode, where he's summoned. You know, where Molly's taking a different approach. She's got every all of her clues are put up on the board. You know, she's going to present her case for once and for all. 
And Chief Oswald wants to wait because he's busy digesting an omelet. I appreciate her different <laughs> approach, though. Because yeah. let's be real. And I appreciate his candidness. Yes. Me too. His candor is wonderful. Yes. <laughs> um, I think that she went about it the right way because all the times before, she was just going up and starting conversation with him. She at least tried to have the facts sort of laid out. And obviously, because Chief Oswald wants to leave whatever is done, done. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he has no desire to. My problem, I appreciated her approach, and I, I was like, yes, good for you. Go direct, tell him everything that you want to tell him, put it all on the table. But the problem was she got frantic, mm-hmm. which made her seem... Like, she doesn't even believe what she's saying. Well, right. she said, you're wrong. Yeah. Right, yes, I know that. But she said that very timidly. Mm-hmm. Well, because he said he admitted he was wrong. Yes. I was wrong. You were right about the drifter thing. and every, like So he admits he's wrong, but then she just she can't help herself. She right. gets so emotional, which we know why she's so emotional. Right. Ida she is, has it figured out. Right, she has it figured out. You know, she lost someone very close to right. her. She seems to be the only one that really cares about the truth of this. But still, her approach... You don't want to tell the chief he's wrong, especially right. when, I mean, you want to woo him. You want to woo him to be on your side, to exactly. support you. Exactly. She hasn't done herself any favors. She should have made him an omelet. You know That's what? Wrapped in tinfoil. Yeah. His wife made him one wrapped Clearly. in tinfoil. <laughs> I love the details that we had in this episode <laughs> that really was like... Wow, well, that's what's so interesting about this place. Well, that it, that's that's what makes it so great. It's just every little detail about these people's lives. They, you know, whenever they have a conversation, it was just like in la- in the last episode when Lester was calling the cleaning crew and he said, "How are you?" And the guy was like, "Well, don't you know? I, you know, I, I got, a, I'm not feeling too good. I got a little <laughs> bit of a cold. So, you know, but other than that, I'm feeling like who does that? Right, nobody right. does. Nobody responds. Or anymore. I love the little things that they say. <laughs> like, like, I'm good. In. You're good. Yeah. Um, because you know, Chief Oswald is saying no. You know, things don't always work like this. Like you know, you you think you're watching the lotto and you have the first three matching numbers and you think you're going to buy a jet or a fjord. None what's of us a, looked at fjord. fjord. I think it's, it's a, I'm pretty sure it's a piece of land. I'm pretty sure it's like a hole in the ground. Okay, hold on. It's yeah. a piece of land. You, you keep talking. You check it out. Yeah. But just that that's such great writing. It is. <laughs> I mean, I really appreciated the, we had a celebration, we all had drinks, and we he had, had a couple drinks. Rob Roy's. Oh, yeah, that is the best. <laughs> Which, like, tell what? everyone what a Rob Roy is. It is a cherry Coke. He's, He's like, like you, you had, had a couple. You had yeah. a couple of them. Like, you had a Whoa. couple Rob Roy's. Crazy. Slow down. Yeah. But it's funny how the juxtaposition <laughs> of Chief Oswald <laughs> saying, like, you know, things just don't don't work like that. Right. You know, like, things just don't always work Sometimes out the way you... Sometimes you go to bed unsatisfied. Right? But then we see later in the <laughs> episode... True. Yeah. We see later advice. in the episode that he has a different spin on life, right? A year later, mm. when he finds his mm-hmm. missing foster son... Um, oh, everything. Sometimes things just work went. out. Oh. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Well, like, it wasn't. I, it wasn't his missing son. It was someone's missing. No, son. it was his missing. Fo- it was his foster son. Oh, I thought it was somebody because the police officers kept calling and saying, "We, you know, this kid is lost. This kid is lost." And he just it was happenstance. He just so no, happened to find it. He put out all the posters, and he, him, and his yeah. wife oh. were looking for him. That's why he got That's so why emotional. it was a miracle yeah. when they found him in the gotcha. grocery store. But I was just thinking about this juxtaposition of him being like things just don't work out like that versus things sometimes really work out. That's just, why yeah. that scene was important. Was, that's why it was important. Uh, <laughs> but we'll get back to it. Yeah. Um, speaking that's of the fjord, yes. uh, it's a long, narrow inlet with steep side or steep sides or cliffs created by glacial erosion. So it looks 
just, just like a hole in the ground, right? Kind of. It's pretty. It has water. Yeah, it has pretty. water. It's okay. pretty. Yeah, so it's hmm. nice. So that's what he like that. a jet and or a fjord are the two things that Chief Oswald would buy with his lotto could, money. Yeah. I know you could buy fjords. Uh, if you could buy an place. island, you maybe could yeah. buy a fjord. I don't know. Lovely. If there's land for sale, and there happens to be a fjord on that <laughs> land. So uh, we see Lester in his office in his new digs. Like he's cleaned house, and he's apparently purchased some new clothing for the first time he got ever. Got a new blazer. Went to the tailor with it. Right. And he's getting some attention from his Linda. Co- from Linda. Oh, Linda. Linda likes likes his new outfit. She's like, she's. I don't know if it's the pheromones. It's the right? vibes. He's like putting something yeah, out that he, everyone is just like picking up, and they're like, yeah, yeah. And this his confidence <laughs> is exactly building. Like it's like that. a tsunami of confidence, right. if you will. Right? It's building and building. People are picking up on it. Mm. She sits mostly on his, women. Mostly women. <laughs> she sits on the desk. Wow. And then in comes Mrs. Huss, which, amazing performance. Oh, best scene of the whole thing. <laughs> <My God. laughs> Can't repeat half of what she said. I'm going to repeat it all. Oh, my God. Because you if, you, if you watch the episode, you've heard it already, so we can repeat it. <laughs> yeah. Right? Okay. She right. talks about how he says, she's, he says, Mrs. Huss, please, because she gets this note in the mail saying that she's not a, um, an eligible applicant for... The money. The money from her husband's life insurance, whatever. And she's like, don't Mrs. Hess me. I was picking pubes out of my teeth 12 hours ago. <laughs> Your pubes. Your yeah. pubes. <laughs> and then she's like, I let you come inside of me. <laughs> oh, my God. David. But we were hypothesizing last week about, or the week a before, baby. about a baby. Because we assumed that that happened. Mm. And we now have confirmation. Yep. So who knows it didn't look like it was well protected, and we know from her history it probably isn't. And so, I loved how the sons were like, "Mom, don't talk like that." <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't like, "Ew, you did that." Yeah, it was like, like, "Just don't, don't say don't that say out that. loud." I wonder how old she is in real life. Or Kate no, wait, Walsh? Her, no, her character. I wonder oh, how old her character. Kate Walsh is, is amazing age. Well, yeah, no, she's gorgeous. <laughs> the age is amazing. <laughs> yeah. I wonder how old she is because that also could play a factor into our pregnancy theory. Oh. oh. I wouldn't have thought of that good thinking. I mean, her sons I mean, are older. Gina they, Davis had twins at 50. Just yeah. pointing that out. Damn, Gina Davis. Enough money yeah. can buy you almost anything. <laughs> Um, but so, mm-hmm. so the kids come in though and they're like threatening and I, so I was, I didn't know quite what to expect, yeah. but I was kind of thinking like, he's going to snap. Like he can't handle being bullied like that anymore. Like he's a different person. Right. But he literally is a different person. Picks up the stapler and staples the kid in the forehead. Both of the kids yeah. in the face. I didn't know you could do that. Well, let's I mean, try. Yeah. I don't think you actually. Staplers? I don't know if you there. There <laughs> might be staplers like older staplers that you could possibly do oh, that to like somebody. Yeah, but I think yeah. newer ones there is. They don't allow that. Yeah. yeah. If you did it hard enough, you could probably get a staple in someone's face, oh. or at least cut them. Oh, you know. But I he I remember he he says, "Are we calm?" Are we calm now? And I was like, whoa. Well, and meanwhile, right? we see Linda like creepily Linda. getting turned on in Linda's the corner. having orgasms yeah. in the she corner. Is, and she's yeah. like, yes, yes, give it to me, she's, she's already made up her mind about where she wants things right. to go. Yeah. Right in his there. pants. <laughs> right there. Oh, my God. You're amazing. Yeah. I was pretty uh, incredible. <laughs> and then, Sarah and I had a moment. Yeah. But then, what does he say to Mrs. Hess about... You know, like, well, he's he like, I'll, like I'll if make he a missed call. a couple payments, you might be ineligible, but we'll make something work. I don't know. So she feels like she, she realizes that she's screwed, screwed mm-hmm. in more ways than one. Yes. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. 
So our next scene is um, our favorites Fargo, uh, Fargo, our favorites Key and Peel. I don't know one of them's name is Agent Pepper. I don't know what the other one's name is. But everyone knows who they are. They're yeah. key and peel. Except for me. Except David does not know who <laughs> they are. That's not something you admit. Yeah. I just did. David but you doesn't have a TV, so correct. that's why. It's true. You can look them up. I will. Um, and they talk about the syndicate spree killing. And so just as we kind of imagined, they're being right in front while the, the attacker walks in front of them with a machine gun and kills all these people. They are silently escorted to probably where careers go to die. The file room. The file room. Yes. And this is where you work now. And, of course, they're taking bets of they're only going to be there for two weeks. And we find out that (laughs) they're going to be there much longer. But surprise, surprise. They screwed up big. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, they, they deserve did. it. They do deserve it. Surprise, surprise! We're introduced. Um, we see Mister Wrench in the hospital, sleeping mm-hmm. like a baby, and <laughs> like a baby. There's a security, you know, cop. I don't know what sort of security guy this is that you leave your post to go to the bathroom without telling anyone to take cover. Well, I mean, it was in the I hospital. feel like you're in the hospital, and the guy's like handcuffed to the bed, most likely. You would assume twenty-two people killed. Yeah. Don't leave your post. <laughs> but when you gotta go, you gotta go. We're in Bemidji, right? Yeah. Right. This isn't is this in Bemidji or Duluth? It's no, in Bemidji, it's Bemidji, right? Honestly. Who I knows don't. at this point? <laughs> so it's a little bit hard to like, keep Bemidji. The storm was all confusing. The storm was very confusing. But um <laughs> we had another bathroom scene. Yes. It was only I, one of the I loved yeah, though the way that his feet just came down from the toilet. Like how <laughs> creepy is that? Do you yeah. I mean sometimes when I'm like walk into a public bathroom oh, alone, I want to be like kicking the doors like Have you seen there? Scream Two? That's like the scariest bathroom scene ever. Well how long was he waiting in there? Right? Right, Who knows? I mean can you imagine how <laughs> right? long did he have to wait for that guy? And then how many wait? other people did he kill before <laughs> It was the right guy. Right. Yeah. Well, it wouldn't matter to him. I don't <laughs> he, was know. Probably, like, he was probably looking through the little crack in oh. the door. So ironically Maybe. enough, this poor guy, you know, just wants to take a whiz. That's what yeah. he thinks is happening. But he ends up getting choked to death with his dick out. Oh. <laughs> oh I didn't think of that. I mean, how humiliating. Oh. I would have assumed that, like, pee would have gone everywhere. Well, me too. I well, I think I it, stop it would stop when you're being choked. Yeah. Do you? I don't know. I would think so, David. I feel like you let go of all your... I think upon death, you let go, but I bet you the reaction of, like... I bet you might, yeah. I think the flow would stop. I think the stream would stop. You know when people get scared, though? (laughs) They, like, will pee themselves and stuff. So... We didn't have that angle. We didn't have that view. So unless that footage becomes available, (laughs) we'll just have to hypothesize. But Inquiry first of all, lines. we noticed yeah. that Lauren's hair, his bangs seemed a little different. They, like, they seemed a little longer. This he seemed week. a little yeah. poofier. Yeah. Like he just had a blowout. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he curved him. Yeah. He had a round brush. What he's doing. How, the hair I mean, I was just thinking amazing. how strong, how strong you'd have to be to do that. To choke somebody just, out. Like, but over your back yeah. with a belt. Like that, I mean. So I'm not going to spend too much time thinking about it. Yeah. yeah. It's a rough yeah. way to go. With your pants. With I mean, your pants. Open. With your weenie out. Yeah, with your weenie out. It's <laughs> too bad. I hate when you say that word. <laughs> but he, but, so Lauren uh, is in is in uh, Mr. Wrench's room when he wakes up. And he's still handcuffed to his bed. And we get another opus, thanks to Lauren, of all these wonderful stories he likes to tell us, right? You know, his stories always make sense. <laughs> like, he always has a point to telling the Unlike story. Unlike other stories. Yes. Unlike other things that happen on this show. 
But what was the point of telling stories about other freaky hitmen? Well, he was saying, I've never heard of a deaf <laughs> hitman. No, but then he's like, that, I've heard of one with the glass eye. I've heard of one with... You know, that got their tongue uh, sliced out of their mouth. He was just explaining, like, how special this guy is. Yeah. And never then he heard didn't of buy all of it. But he was I like, feel like oh, that. really? I felt like what I was going with it was that hmm. I've never heard of a deaf hit man. Here's a couple other freaks I know of, and they were all terrible. Right. But you survived. You're and the, you found yeah. me. And you got the closest You got the closest. Close, and so you, he, he recognizes a fellow predator in the mm-hmm. animal kingdom, yeah. and instead of take, taking him out, he gives him a key. Yeah, but how, you know, mm. he is, again, so sadistic that he's like, I'm going to free you, and if you feel the need to come after me later, then you come after me. Because it's fun for What's him. to give him an even a, fair fight. Yeah, it's a game. Which is just so... Think it's, about it. Well, and I really feel like he's lost a little of his mojo. Not Lauren, but... Um, Mr. Wrench. Mr. Wrench. Well, part, yeah. Yeah, so Hurst. I don't think he's a threat to anybody, really. And for whatever reason, Lauren really? sees them I as don't. a pawn I don't see him as, kind. like, becoming, like, a luster where he, like, gets, like... Because he pretty much did... I mean, he was, like, kind of the brains in the operation, but he wasn't, like, the executor. In mm. my mind... Mr. Numbers and Mr. Wrench are gay lovers, and he's going to avenge Ooh. Mr. Numbers' death. Ooh, I like that. It's been a but very erotic I show, think guys, I have to say. I think that's a little too lifetime. We're on FX. So. We're on FX. Well, there's a couple other you things to, to take note in his little speech that he gives, because he does talk about how you're unemployed, by the way. Mm-hmm. So that made me think, he's okay, gonna work with him. is there that's an employment opportunity here? But then he tells the bear in the steel trap story. There's right. a fly right between us. So there is. <laughs> You're not um, which was like, okay, so the bear, you know, gnaws off his own leg to and get out. And dies on his own time. Di- dies on his own terms. Mm-hmm. So what is he offering Mr. Rent a way out on his own terms? Well, I think that's why he gave him the key. That was like my reasoning as to he told the story and then he gives him the key and he's like, here's the key. If you want to die on your own terms instead of going to jail and getting like the electric chair or whatever, the lethal injection, whatever they do in Minnesota, um, come find me and you can either work for me or we can fight to the death. Yeah. Mm. I think that makes sense. Right? Mm. That's kind of what I was... And die on your own terms. Oh, yeah. That's a good assessment. Instead of being yeah. you know, brutally murdered, murdered like your partner. Yeah. Whoops. Sorry. Oopsies. So, uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, that's going to be oops, something oops. we can talk about in... <laughs> predictions we see uh poor molly lose coffee shop her welcome back party with her machine gun cake it's really sad it's and she's sad. not really happy depressing. yeah she's right she's super depressed and it makes it so much worse that ida is sitting there thanking her for something salt. that she doesn't think is is true and she almost tells she almost tells ida her theory but she chooses not to mm-hmm. i'm so glad she, she didn't want to ruin the woman's hope well, she Agreed. she may right. like at that moment. I'm thinking, okay, well, maybe she's coming to terms with the fact that it may not happen. Like mm. whether she has the truth or not is kind of irrelevant at this point. If no one's going to let her find it or act on it, you know what I mean? I just took it as she didn't <sighs> share because it like wasn't going to make like. I mean, she wasn't going to do anything about it, so it wasn't worth bringing up. It was only going to hurt Ida. Yeah, in the yeah. End. and that's her friend. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, <laughs> so we see that, but as she's leaving this depressing party, she sees Lester leading the water cooler talk. Yeah, and there's men and women involved, and they're all they're all looking at him. He's the center of attention, and he gives Molly like the little oh hey, hey. what's up, sup girl, hey girl. Now right? I had a failed prediction because I had said in previous at that moment? 
at that moment okay. I said, oh, she's going to snap. Mm. And I've been saying for episodes now that she's going to snap. She's cool and collected and yeah. even. She only snaps right in Chief Oswald's face. Yes. But and she in the wrong way. But she's she's a cool cucumber. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dang, I want to be right for now, <laughs> for now right? We still got two episodes. So then we see Gus Grimley on patrol, mm-hmm. whatever that means. Speed trap. <laughs> speed, he was a speed trap. But was he even pointing his gun at anything? Just one, the one car. The that one, one the only <laughs> car. Yeah. So he calls Molly, and that's kind of where things happen, right? He invites her to the I have logging to say, festival. At first, I was very resistant to this one year later jump. I yeah, did not I loved like it. it. It was great. I didn't like it, it at perfect. first. I was like, what's happening? I don't like to be like... Disoriented? Disoriented, yeah. I don't like to not know what's going on. Mm. But I we was, know what's going on, at least. Well, yeah. They gave us enough. I mean, yeah. for, I Oh, know. yeah, no, I really, like, the last half of the episode ended up being my favorite, but at first mm-hmm. I was like, what? Yeah, how yeah. could they do this? Yeah, <laughs> like, one year later, what, what happened in the year? Clearly, a lot. A lot. A lot. <laughs> well, Gus got a new job. Yeah? Yeah. He's a mailman yeah. now. Male with person. A sweet car. Excuse me. With the a sweet, sweet male person car. I yeah. thought it was really funny that... <laughs> I don't what do you call it. That his last, on that last scene, he... The only thing he'd done that day was help someone get their junk off a mailbox that was probably frozen to it. Yeah. Right. That was the last thing he had done. And then one year later, he's a mailman. Like, motivated him, inspired him to... You know... Like, oh, maybe I'll deliver mail. <laughs> Why not? Lovely. He always wanted to he be a mailman. And we know that there was a hearing on the shooting, and Molly and he and he talk about it. Yeah. That, and she's suggesting that he just leaves out the part that he shot her. Mm-hmm. We don't know what happened, if that's why he got out of the force. Doesn't mean that we won't find out. Doesn't mean that we won't find out. Maybe he lost his job and he had to get a new one. Either way, him and Molly are married and have a baby on the way. Yep. Right. Like, any second. Any second now, which means they got busy quick. Yeah. Because one year. Good for them. Yeah. Good for them. Why waste time? And I love love how they did it, too. Like, I love how they introduced, you know, (laughs) oh, my... Um, can you get mom or is, yes. mom, is mom there? Yes. And we were all like, yes, yes. And I thought that was a bit weird. <laughs> he soon he her drives to up to the mom. house. Like they yeah. have a house. Yeah, right. they're, they're still, still talking on the floor apartment. They're still talking on the walkie-talkies. walkies. Yeah, really. Some cute. things change. Some things stay the same. Greta's exactly. hair. Oh yeah, not Greta's a fan. not a good look. Not so a good She's calling her mom. Yeah, like that's just cute. Really cute. A bit soon for me, but I agree. You know what? We don't still don't know the story about her mom. Yes, we, she passed. She passed. Mm-hmm. How do we know that? Well, we, remember we, we had a little discrepancy she's been about gone that. For so for, long. That's what they said. Yeah, they didn't say she passed. They said she's been gone she'd been for gone. ten years. Yeah, I took it as she passed yeah. because he was sad when he was talking about Probably. it. Probably. Yeah. But if he left, she left him. She, he'd yeah. be sad too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but either way, I mean, let's just assume. Let's just say that she passed away. I mean, mm-hmm. Greta really needs a mom, so she yeah. seems yeah. to be happy about it. Um, but we see Molly's. Office, maybe is that what it was? Home office, home office that yeah. has her tapestry, her creeper board, still going. <laughs> One year later. One year later, and I mean, the FBI doesn't want anything to do no. with her information. Like, well, no one's listening to her because she doesn't have concrete in. She doesn't or have concrete new evidence or new evidence. She only has a gut feeling, right? And how are you supposed to listen to or believe someone else's gut feeling? That's the hard part. It's really hard. And, and she and doesn't do a very good job at trying to convince people. She just sort of, like, throws the information in their face and then frantically... True. There would be a better strategy of, like, yes. for example, you know, here's... Even just undermining the case that, that they have mm-hmm. would yeah. be a better strategy than just throwing spaghetti at the ball and hoping it sticks. Yeah. 
Because even though she has a pretty well thought out, you know, it's the truth. Jesus. Um, even though it's well thought out, it's she's not presenting it in a manner that anyone can do anything with it. Right. right. So, lesson learned, I guess. Take a new strategy on how you present your project if you yeah. want to get people to listen. Yeah, that's true. If Perhaps I like your thought. art project. <laughs> yeah. Don't you know? I like how they threw in the Patriot Act there. Like yeah. the FBI was so Sorry. busy, like li- listening to people and investigating people and watching them. <laughs> and it was like, oh, wait, reading it's our text messages, two thousand seven, right? So uh, yeah, they were really busy. They don't really care if some murder, you know, in Bemidji is happened a year ago. Yeah, they don't care. Yeah. They don't care at all. Um, and then we see our friends Key and Peel back in the file Still room. The file room. <laughs> a year later, they're having this ridiculous. Very meta conversation. Very meta conversation. I don't know how ridiculous it is, but it is very meta. Because think about it. If you take all the files out of the file room, is it still the file room? Yeah. If that's what it's called. Right? But there's no files in it. Right, so right. is it the file But room? why was he saying that? <laughs> what I was because he's been there for a year and he's gone he completely insane. Does he want to take the files out? Do they have, I'm thinking, is there a strategy? Do they have a cache of files at home that they've been taking everything <laughs> out? Are they hoarding files like squirrels? This is just, just bored as This well. is just what happens yeah, there's to no you windows when you're in that looking room. at walls. One year later in a file room. Yeah. But so so he's hitting his tennis ball against the wall and down comes their equivalent of the creeper board. Right. Mm-hmm. And there is the picture that they forgot about long, long ago. The Lorne. ATM photo of Learn. Yeah, the Learn. Learn. <laughs> Foreshadowing, obviously. Yes. Right. Something's gonna happen there. Not that we have any idea what that is. Mm. Um, and then another story that has to have some meaning, like I was d- discussing earlier, right. was our African foster. Su- Sudanese, oh, yeah. To hear from Sudan. But I have Sudan. to say, it was super indulgent. It was way too long. I really enjoyed the scene. You did? Yeah, because it, something was, it, it was interesting. Yeah. See, the story I was like, that the kid the told the story? was so interesting. <laughs> it was amazing. It was like, Awesome. I like completely disagree. I was like, "What is going on? Like, when is the scene going to be over?" Really? Yeah, I love to be it honest. That's how I normally like Jillian feel about with me. She's the entire to show. And at that moment, I was so engaged in what he was saying. <laughs> well, that's good. I mean, I felt for the kid, but at the same time, it's like right. I was like, "Okay, what time is it?" Like? Yeah, <laughs> my thoughts were were kind of the boat was mainly like, "Where is this going? What's the yeah. point?" But then again, right. well, there's always a point to some everything. It's true. This is good. This means something. But it was just thinking about you know his whole village was massacred, and then his train, right. and then he was ripped off, and then he was hungry, and how horrible his life has been. And then and I shoplifted for three. But then I was also looking at Molly, and she looked really happy. Like, she was smiling and glowing in a way that we've never seen her. She's always, like, really, like, you know, got a frown. Right. And she has a lot of tension in her mouth. Yes, a lot of tension in her mouth. So to see her smile, and my feeling was, like, you know, yeah, there were a lot of bad things happened there, but a lot of bad things happen in a lot of places, and a lot of people suffer. And she... As much as she's on a, a quest for justice, in that moment, it was kind of like, let it go. Yeah. You know? Like, look at this kid who's been through so he much. He's now. so happy. He's been adopted by the Oswalds. He's being fostered. Fostered right. by the Oswalds who found him in the grocery store after looking. Um, and we know that Chief Oswalt hugged, cried, and visited the ballet. Yeah. New things. The ballet. <laughs> but he says, what are the odds? Yeah. And I just felt like there's something going on here about what what maybe are he'll the start odds. to believe her. 
It's true. Maybe He's because changed his attitude a little. Right. Yeah. He has changed his attitude a lot, right? He seems to believe that okay, maybe it's not a miracle, right. but sometimes things really do work out, right? Sure. So cute. So then we uh, we get a peek into the Salverson Grimley bed- bedroom, and you can just see that <laughs> Molly, right as much as Molly is in a better place, she's still haunted. Yeah. You know, he's sleeping. I wrote sleeping like a husband. Yeah. Because we all know that men sleep well. Well, now you know. I know, I know. But I'm saying. How do men sleep when they're married? The same as when they're single. They sleep. And the the women (laughs) lay there thinking and watching TV and doing other stuff. Uh. Yeah. And also, again, a very similar shot to (laughs) some, some specific shots in the movie of a pregnant person Mm -hmm. in the bed. Lady, pregnant, only women pregnant are pregnant. Lady in the bed with the husband sleeping There's and just thinking. Ah, uh, yes, thinking and thinking oh. and thinking. Interesting. Yeah. Look at you putting pregnant, things together. Pregnant person. Woman. woman. <laughs> pregnant woman. So another amazing transition shot. I think it was the bed. It was the the comforter into the curtains. The curtains mm-hmm. and at the magic show cool. for the, the insurance cool. broke. Uh, Sale, uh, Brokers Insurance Association party <laughs> for 2007. <laughs> Did you get that? Salesman of the that? year. Uh, hello. I was in pharmaceutical sales for five years. So just like the bartender asked for selling drugs, I've won those little awards. I've got those oh, you trophies. bring one next week. Oh, Please yeah. do. I'm pretty sure I, 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 pretty sure I threw them all away. But um, maybe Not I have either. a picture. Uh, I've been to those things, you know, dinner, awards, all that right. stuff. Entertainment. Entertainment. Really entertainment. Yeah. All yeah. of that stuff. Um, and so we see that Lester, Lester Nygaard is our salesman of the year. And he gave a very good speech. Yeah. I'm like shocked at the person that he has become within this past year. He has changed so much. He's such much more confident, Mm. you know, presence to himself. And he's just like come into his own. Big time. Big time. He's married to what's her face? Linda. April. (laughs) Linda. She looks like an April. Yeah, she she could be an April. But it's Linda. It's Linda. Whatever, he's married to Linda. He got a new piece. Smoking hot check. What he said was so, and he said, remember, he was like, speak from the heart, speak from the heart. You know, and what he said was the cold stone truth. It's a calamity. Like, you can go around your whole life without a care, and then people die, people go to jail, really bad stuff happens, it's a calamity. And you need insurance. Yeah. The worst really does happen, and you need to be insured. I had a thought on this since I did spend so much time in sales, in that corporate sales world. You kind of have to be a bad person to be the best salesman of the year. Agreed. I would agree. This is my opinion, but after being in that world and getting out and never, ever going back because it corrupted my soul. To sell your soul a little. Yes. I mean, to be at that, to perform at a high level, um, you... You need to be corrupted on the inside. Mm-hmm. I won't make any bones about it. No, I agree completely. Me too. I've been in sales. I did sales for a very long time as well. It's like the more horrible of a person you are, the more successful, the better you do. Yeah. Which makes no sense, nope. but it's because you have no qualms about stepping over other people yep. and doing what you need to do to succeed. Yes, right. exactly. So. Yeah. This is that ultimate pinnacle of what has happened to him in the last year. He really is a terrible person. He's though. a yeah. terrible person. You guys person. kept saying that. You're like, he's awful. He's no. such a bad person. We felt, I felt so bad for him when Pearl was putting him down and like, oh, poor Lester, poor Lester the loser. And now I'm yeah. like, oh my God, he's a, now he's got swag and he's all this stuff, but he's a horrible person with rotten inside. Yeah. <gasps> so well, well, look at this. We think he has his whole life together and yeah. he's, he's married to this beautiful Happy. woman and he looks 
happy, and then he starts checking out another girl right in front of her and sends her up to the room so he can go flirt with this girl at a bar. Trolling flirt. for chicks. He wanted to yeah. get down. What did he say when the when the um, bartender right. asked what drink he wanted? He said, I want something dangerous. 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 And then he got sand and blood. Yeah. Scotch and blood but orange. I just... I the first of all he brought the trophy to the bar yeah. which is like <laughs> the worst like, way to yeah, pick yeah, up there we go. Yeah. Like Oscar. best way to pick up a hooker right because right. they know that you are I don't know have some money to yeah. spend yeah see sure. I didn't I didn't think it was a hooker right away and then David was like oh she's probably a hooker he's a specialist well, that's just from- I'm a special that's my specialty it's true I'm which you said because it's Vegas yeah true right yeah that's so, exactly okay, what I okay so said. I'm gonna yeah. share a brief story with you the last time I was I was in Vegas last for time after I was a hooker in Vegas uh-huh. for after buzz at CES. You picked up a hooker. And I went out to meet a friend at another hotel <laughs> and I got dressed up. I was looking good. But I mean you I were was solicited fully clothed. I was solicited by probably five men. I was Who horrified. Thought you were a they hooker? asked how much? I was an escort. They kept saying something that I must have been a code word and I didn't know. It was like something some I can't remember what it was. But it was, they kept, each guy kept saying the same type of thing. And these are like very, very wealthy, very drunk men. It could have been undercover cops. Because as you I know, don't know, if you don't know, I'm going to tell you now. Tell us. Prostitution is not, is legal in Nevada, but not in the county of Las Vegas. Mm. So in Las Vegas, right. it is not legal, but in the state of Nevada, it is. That's why they have like the I bunny really don't stuff. think yes. that it was undercover cops because it yeah. happened everywhere I went, especially at the more the higher end hotels. It's happening more and more mm. to the point where I had security guards being like, "You need to watch out for that guy. You need to watch out for that guy. They're following you, whatever." But oh, I had never had met. I had never been treated like that before, and I was like, "I'm never gonna travel alone in Vegas ever again." Yeah. Well, unfortunately, we didn't even get to see the hooker thing I transpire know. because of Lorne. Right. Lorne. <sighs> and his new hair. Oh, gosh, yeah. Lorne. Better hair, dude. Better. Sure. He looks better, amazing. Yeah. He looks like real Billy Bob. Yeah, yeah. He looks team. handsome. Yeah. And he's telling some great stories. And he's a doctor now. He's right. a doctor. A dentist. He's, a dentist. It's funny yes. because you can see that Lester is kind of like, oh, who check out his competition. You know what I mean? Like, he's looking out the bar. Right. He sees the girls looking at him. He's like winking. He looks and over. He's winking. Oh, crap. You know, and then he sees... Well, okay, and he looks, and it's like, what are the, I mean, of course, what are the chance? what are the odds, as we heard from mm-hmm. Chief Oswald earlier, mm-hmm. what are the odds? What are the odds? And we find out that he's a dentist, he's telling a story about how he accidentally put Novocaine in his finger while he was shooting up a patient. Um, Again, horrifying that he has been a dentist, he has been a pastor. Like, <laughs> pastor's in pastor- my face. Doesn't bother me so much because he can't ruin my life technically. <laughs> right, dentist. Oh, if you believe him enough. Yeah. Well, yeah. but dentist, he could. Yeah, screw, screw up a yeah. whole lot of crap up. I just when I saw him and he turned around right. and just how good he looked, I thought of Ted Bundy. Yeah, um, the serial killer because he was known to prey on women specifically, and he was a good-looking, well-spoken man, mm-hmm. sort of the life of the party, and nobody ever suspected him. And I mean, come on, Lauren has gone a year true without. Sociopath. That's a true sociopath. Right. You know, it's just like it's crazy. It's hiding just, in plain sight, exactly. Just reinventing mm-hmm. yourself. Yeah. yeah, that's incredible. <laughs> so we pretty much, we pretty much, stuff, stuff, <laughs> we close there. Yeah. Where yeah. Lester interjects, why I do not know. I mean, right. so you would have thought he would have taken his his blood and sand at his. His trophy and just run. Go well, I definitely to Linda. think like Warren being there is no coincidence. He's, I mean, he 
He's really? there on purpose. Yeah. Like, yeah? I just don't, I don't buy that that He's would be. He's too calculated. I feel like it was on purpose, yeah. too. Okay. Yeah. He found himself there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He found himself there. Yeah. Interesting. But I feel like his practice is in Las Vegas. Maybe. We'll find out in the next we episode. Will. We will. find out. So that, that come, comes to the close of the show, but we do have a little bit of news and gossip in regards to. Okay. So the title of today's episode was The Heap, and since these have all been relating to parables of sorts, did you find anything? I know Sarah and David were doing some research. Yes. Yes. Um, it is sort of a long-winded parable. Right. Okay. Let's be honest. But it is, again, um, a Jewish parable about a man who, a wealthy man, a very wealthy man, who finds that he is miserable in his life. He has everything he has ever wanted, but he's not happy. So he goes to his rabbi and he says, what can I do? And he says, yes, you have everything in your life, but you've never given to charity. So this is the time for you to give to charity. So he goes through like all the types of charity that he can do. Um, and he thinks to himself, well, if I give to someone who looks like they need it, um, how will I know that they actually need it? And if I give to someone who doesn't look like they need it, if I don't give to someone who doesn't look like they need it, how do I know that they don't actually need it more? So, so he decides, tries to justify. Right. He's like trying, trying to, just, to justify right. who and what he should give his money to. So okay. he decides that he's going to find someone who is without hope. Mm. And that is the charity that he wants to um, give to, someone without hope. So he finds this man who is on a junkyard heap who has lost everything. He's covered in boils and he looks gross and he's in a junkyard. And he goes to this man and he's like, are what's going on with you? And the man says, I lost my job, I lost my wife, I lost my family. Now I'm covered in boils and I'm in a junkyard. And the man says to him, do you still have hope? And he goes, yes, of course I still have hope. If I was dead, I would no longer have hope. So if you want to give to someone who's without hope, go give to a cemetery. And he's like, perfect. So he goes <laughs> to the yeah. cemetery, he digs Very a hole, puts money in the hole, covers it up. He goes home, he feels better about himself. Two years later... He's no longer doing so well in his life. Uh-huh. He is, his business is going under. He's losing his money. He's on the verge of bankruptcy. And he remembers, ah, I buried money in the cemetery. I'm going to go back and get it. So he goes back to the cemetery. He digs it up, gets arrested by a cop, goes to court and explains to the judge what happened. And the judge lets him go. And the cop is like, I can't believe you believe his story. And he goes, of course I believe his story. And he leaves. And as he leaves, he thinks to himself, that man looks so familiar. No. Yeah. Okay, well, that's pretty self-explanatory, then, about how that relates to our show. Yeah. I mean, wow. I've got goosebumps from that one. Yeah, That's incredible. A little long-winded, but that's the basic. Okay. Well, we'll have to just pontificate on that a little bit later off-air. Yeah. Um, Do we have some predictions? (laughs) And now, your predictions. Who Ooh. did prediction Musical episode. Okay, me all the way to next week. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Okay. Um, <sighs> I have no predictions. <laughs> <laughs> I we, can't think of anything. There's just so, so many flashes. It's like Two hard flashes. for my brain to wrap. What did we see? Lauren and uh, Lester are definitely having a meeting in the dental office. <laughs> right. Yes. Um, and they're in Vegas. I mean, we see these previews. Mm. We saw. You know, we see that they're, that Lester wants a confrontation. Lester's gonna kill somebody again. That's Woo! my prediction. Okay. Good for you. Okay. Thank you. Sarah? I'm good. I, like I said, I can't 
I, I don't want to predict. I'm okay being wrong because I've been um, wrong this whole time. Yeah, I'm wrong. Me too. I will say I like that they're in Las Vegas. I think it's a little bit sexier, more fun. I was tired of the snow. <laughs> um, I like the fact that in the previews, Lester is attempting to go sort of toe to toe with mm-hmm. Lorne. Um, with his new a little bit confidence. too confident. Well, yeah. we I mean we see after he gets out of the elevator, he sort of cowers because you know he goes back to the room and he's looking freaked mm-hmm. out. You know, is he going to get me in my sleep? Um, but, but for that one moment, you know, Lauren, I think Lauren freaked him out again because he was like, "What did he say? Do you want to do this here? Or, yes or no? Oh, yes or no? Right." And I just think that there's so much drama, specifically with these two characters. For me, it has to end with one of them dying. Yeah. The only logical thing for me is that one of them is dead, both of them die. or both of them die. No, both can't live. Or neither of them dying. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. <laughs> All right, what do you think? Well, I think that. I'm still, I'm still holding out hope for my prediction that Molly's going to snap. Oh, God. (laughs) Not that I want her to, but just the fact that she's been holding on to this for so long. Like, you want her to totally lose it. Not not totally lose it, but to do something that's on the other side. Like, she's always so good. Mm -hmm. You know, we saw her, like, toe the line a little bit when she went to Lester's house and, like, was going to kick the door in, but found the key and went into the washer. Like, we saw her do things that were against protocol. I'm still waiting for that moment. I don't know. It's probably passed. Um, Not necessarily. But I'm I'm still, I'm holding out hope for it. And I think that, I think we're just going to see a major blowout between Lester and Lauren for sure. Mm. I personally think Lauren is going to prevail just because he's the bigger, badder, more experienced animal Mm -hmm. of these two predators. If Lester wants to think of himself as a... pretty scrappy now, though. He's not a predator. I mean, come on. Inside, he's still the man he always was. Yeah. He's learning... Well, like I was saying, I think that there's like tsunami of confidence and it's going to end up biting him in the ass because Mm. he's going to take it too far and it's going to destroy everything. Mm. Okay. Okay? All right. Well, thank you, friends, for joining us for another AfterBuzz post-game wrap-up of your favorite show, Fargo. We'll be here next week for Episode 9. Oriana, where can we find you? Oh, sorry. Oh. <laughs> oh, sorry. Totally you want to rush us out of here, girlfriend? Where can right. we find you, Jillian? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, <laughs> at Jillian Leff, on my Instagram, at JillyLeff, or on my website, JillianLeff.com. Sarah? You can find me at Sarah on the go, Sarah with an H, on Twitter, and I'm SarahBear67 on Instagram. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at you can call me Skiff. Sexy. You can call me Forgetful Jones for forgetting to do that. <laughs> My name's Oriana Leo. You can find me on Twitter at Miss Oriana Leo, Instagram at Oriana Leo, and everywhere else. Just look it up. Thank you so much. Thanks. We'll see you next week. <laughs> Bye. Bye. I don't know. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal.